Now I'm good. We're good. We're good and we're live. Tommy's got water on the way. So I am joined by Tommy of A1 Garage Door Service. And uh, this guy has awesome energy. Excited to have him on here today. I first heard of him and heard him speaking um, with Ken Walls on Ken's show. So Ken has, uh, I've met a lot of awesome guests on my podcast through Ken's show. Ken hangs out with a lot of great people. So Tommy, I am super excited to have you here on another episode of the Blue Crocus Experience. And uh, and we'll dive into some of the stuff that made you who you are today, you know, your journey to a billion dollars of revenue in a year. And, you know, some of the mindset stuff that goes into that, some of the stuff that's kind of made you who you are today. Um, I'd love to dive into, you know, that bookshelf behind you and, and see if I can snag a couple good titles from there too. But um, if you want to let people know who you are, you know, who Tommy Mello is, um, where you're located, kind of that stuff, and we'll dive right into it. Yeah, well, I appreciate being on here. Uh, my name is Tommy Mello. I started a podcast about four years ago called The Home Service Expert, and it's introduced me to a lot of good people. Um, started my garage company in 2007. We do repair and installation, residential mostly, um, retrofit mostly. And uh, I'm obsessed with business. I wrote a book, The Home Service Millionaire. I'm from Michigan. Now I live in Phoenix. I moved here when I was 16. And um, uh, that was in 1999. So basically been here longer than I was in Michigan. Right now, A1 has 350 employees. We're on pace to do about 100 million. But I will get to a billion. Um, Learn a lot of stuff. COVID taught me a lot. Uh, just the people I'm around, I, I'm the dumbest guy in the room all the time. So I try to make it that way uh, by nature. But um, yeah, I'd say my, my talent is finding talent. Uh, delegating. I love marketing and sales. Uh, I'm learning a lot about financials and uh, how to really build a company that's worth a lot of money. Uh, and I, I've, I've got a lot of things figured out that took a lot of years. I always tell people I've made every mistake in the book, uh, which has helped me actually grow. I'm not afraid of things. I'm not afraid of letting go. I definitely try to hire people that are smarter and better than me at a lot of things. Um, so that's it. Yeah, that's where I'm at today. I love it. I love it. Do, do you like Arizona weather better than Michigan? Hey, the summer gets hot. Uh, I miss the Great Lakes. I miss a lot of things about Michigan. But overall, it was a planned city. It's all in a grid. I really do enjoy it seven, eight months out of the year. Summertime is good because it's always swimming weather. So you kind of got to get in shape. You're forced to. So, <laughs> exactly. COVID-19 weight. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, now you're located in, in Arizona, but um, you're in 12, uh, at the time of the book anyway, you were in 12 um, states. How many states are you in now? We're in 15. We'll be in 22 by the end of the year. Awesome. Awesome. That's uh, that's some awesome growth. And uh, so, I mean, there's a lot that goes into managing all that. Like you said, you surround yourself with, with some fantastic people, but, you know, at the core, you, you had to start things out and bring us up to speed on how your journey with A1 started because it wasn't always where it was today. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, I was an employee of my own company. Um, I, I was really just had a job. I worked 24 seven. I didn't have a lot of money to start in 2007. So I put a lot of sweat equity in. Uh, it started out me and a partner and in 2010, me and my partner went separate directions. We had some debt. Um, you know, I'm glad of every – I don't think I changed a lot. There was some catalyst moments. Um, Adam coming on was a big catalyst. He's my COO. Ross coming on, he's a director of finance. 
that was a couple years ago. Um, just really the podcast was a big catalyst moment. Uh, Service Titan was a catalyst. And then I met a, a consultant named Al Levy. He wrote the seven power contractor. He was a very big impact, but you know, I, I really learned to rely on software. We're, we're, we're a recruiting company that's very good with software that loves sales and happens to be in garage drawers. So I put those three things before I put garage drawers, I'd say we're recruiters, we're software and we're sales. And we could take that formula into any industry. So the stuff I talk about is very universal when it comes to home service and a lot of other businesses. But, uh, you know, I, I've, I've really worked on understanding the financials and the scorecards and key performance indicators. And I don't rely so much on emotion anymore. It's, it's the numbers and they kind of dictate what we do. What, uh, what changed that for you when it, when it came to the emotion side of things? Cause every, everybody's starting out, you know, we're very invested in what we're doing. We're, you know, we want to, want to make a go of it and you know to scale you can't have emotions in it so what kind of changed that for you i mean there was a lot of things that changed it uh reliability of kpis i think a lot of people underestimate on um, i asked them what their there's main kpis i'll go over real quick uh, you want to know your average ticket and you want that to be accurate you want to include zeros a lot of people don't include zeros and the other thing i do is i take my parts cost out of it so there's a, a false, I call it salesless materials. There's a, there's a false number of people's head, their real revenue of their profit. Um, and a lot of people brag about profit, but they don't make any, any profit. They, they brag about revenue, but don't make profit. So your, your, your average ticket, then your face-to-face conversion rate, and then your booking rate, and then your cost per acquisition. If you learn those numbers and they're accurate, they tend to help you make better decisions on, who to promote a lot of companies as i started consulting other companies i realized a lot of people just have they have a job they don't own a business when they're not there it doesn't operate they're, they love fires they don't have manuals they don't have specific standard operating procedures um and it's literally chaos and it's not something they could sell uh but in michael gerber's book the the e-myth he talks a lot about the franchise model and a lot of people say I'm not a franchise, but they should run it as if they needed to repeat every operation with an expected result like McDonald's has with Big Mac, which I've been to Canada, Mexico, South America, and China. And I go back to McDonald's because I know what a burger is going to taste like. Um, so I really think of our company as a franchise model, although we're not a franchise. Right, right. Because, I mean, each location is essentially operating as a franchise location-wise, right? They, they have to. And really what it needs to be is, is a standard guide that teaches people everything, operational, technical, and sales. And there has to be a system. Otherwise, you'll get different results. So that's hard to do because a lot of people go, they try to hire experience. And what we've learned how to do here is take the person and teach them garage doors rather than find a garage door guy and teach them our way. Uh, we have gotten garage door guys. So we're, we're open to it. Uh, because we believe the grass is greener over here and people understand that. Um, but the core competency of a growth machine is recruiting. It's getting the right people. I always tell people just your CSR who books the phone calls, if they're taking 20 calls a day, the average ticket's $500. One's at 60, one's at 90% booking rate. Uh, they work 300 days out of the year. The CSR at 90% will make you an extra million bucks, $1 million. And People don't realize that. They say this is a $15 an hour person. And a lot of people like to have a lot of people responsible. 
when a lot of people are responsible for the outcome, nobody's responsible because they, they point the finger and, and that's the biggest problem. So we have a good hierarchy. hierarchy. It's, it's an organizational chart and it really creates accountability. Um, and uh, we have probably too many meetings. That's something I'm focusing on right now is, is more effective meetings. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm always out there looking for, for new things and growth and books and consultants. And, you know, the plan is three to five years, bring on an equity partner. And I recently had an offer for an ungodly amount of money. And I said, no, um, I because I believe that we're going to do, I believe we're going to do, you know, people think I'm crazy, but I used to say a billion. Now I believe our offer is going to be well into the billions. That's awesome. So let, let's stick on, on recruiting here a bit. Cause uh, you know, the, the general undertone right now, and it, it always is, but I feel like it's getting stronger right now where, you know, there's stimulus packages, there's unemployment, all of that stuff. And a lot of contractors I chat with, they're like, Oh, I can't find good work. I can't, I don't want more work. I can't find, you know, people to do the work I already have. Right. Like that's something I hear in the lead generation game a lot as I'm chatting with contractors. So talk us through what, some of your high level processes are or what you're looking for in people because for someone to hire someone let, let's say they're a deck builder or they're this or they're that you know garage doors you don't just walk off the street and know how to install a garage door right like so so you guys have a process to train but but walk us through what you're looking for in a person and, and how that sort of works for you well first of all i'll explain that um recruiting is everything and when, when you played sports, whether it was baseball, basketball, hopefully people are aware of like high school sports is uh, a recruiter comes out and goes and finds you just like a military recruiter. They're, they're hanging out in the places where their avatar is. So they hang out with 18 year olds that they could draft into the military or they, they get, you know, college ball or whatever that might be. A lot of people mistake recruiting for hiring. And that's not just posting on a job board. Like indeed, uh, you know, we're all over the job boards too, or Craigslist or, you know, there's a million of them. Zip recruiter, you got to have good bait too. When you go fishing, I always talk about you got to have good bait to get people interested. But the facts are, I'm more interested in going out and finding the right people and having them quit their current job because the unemployment line is not the best place to find amazing people. Um, what am I looking for? This is a laundry list background check, drug test, got to be good in appearance that they're not going to scare people with like eight tongue rings. Um, they got to be work nights and weekends. They got to be technical. They got to be good at sales, a lot of self-confidence. They got to be physically able to get up and down a ladder all day and, and handle hot or cold weather. Um, th there's it's, it's hard to find all those good driving record. It's hard to find all these things. It used to be easy in like the 70s and 80s. It was like every, every person could fit that role. Now the younger generation, they, they, they like to get more involved in computers and do things of that nature. So it's a smaller pool of people. That's why we got to pay them very, very well. A lot of people think if a guy makes 50 grand a year, where else is he going to do that? And I say, I want most of my guys to be able to make 100 grand a year. And I've got three ways for them to make money. The one is through the main job. They, they're on performance pay. The better they do, the more reviews they get, it's, it's going to pay them more. Number two is they're, act, they're actively recruiting themselves. They get $1,500 for every person they bring on that gets hired through their portal. And then number three is they're – lead generators every time they're at church every time they're out on social media every time they're uh, next door or anywhere they're networking and they've got their own call tracking numbers and their own portals and schedule engine to be able to get a percentage of every job even if they don't do the job 
Um, even a CSR could be uh, getting a bunch of jobs. So I don't think a hundred grand is unrealistic if they can make 30 grand on their, uh, on their self-generated leads, they can make just recruit five people in a year. That's 7,500. And then just a regular job, they should be able to make, you know, 60, 70, 80 grand pretty easily. So I think we've got a better opportunity for most people. Um, I just brought on a guy. He's starting this week. His name is George. And there's a thing called business network international BNI groups. And uh, this guy was, this guy's the man. Okay. At BNI and then send out cards. He's really high up in both. And it's the perfect storm because I told him, I'm like, listen, I'll give you a really good base. But I said, I'm going to give you $500 for every person you recruit. We're going to give 500 to the person you recruit from. So as he goes to these BNI groups, he's going to say, we just got into Minnesota, so Minneapolis. He's going to go to the 30 BNI groups there that are 50, 60 people. And even if there's another garage door company, he's just going to go, listen, this is what we do. Um, people will pay him to speak at their events. So, these are one man networking groups. Like there's a doctor, a real estate agent, a yeah. mortgage guy, yeah. insurance guy. They got a pool of people they already know. Like, I think this is the ultimate because you get them from networking. You get amazing people by saying, you know, when I, when I walk into a room, people say, what do I do? I say, I'm a recruiter. I, I'm looking for amazing people. I'm looking for somebody that wants a career. Oh yeah. By the way, I do garage doors. If you need any garage door help. But the first and foremost goal for me is to, to build amazing people and find them. I want to find a good canvas. A lot of times people don't understand the ability to attract and keep great employees is what builds a very, very successful company. Now I could also go into a business and a lot of times the owners will tell you who the poisons are. They just weren't able to get rid of them. Yeah. So I'm, by the end of the year, I'll be a consolidator. I plan on buying out a hundred, hundreds of companies and making hundreds of millionaires in the process. Um, but we're a platform company, so recruiting is everything. Every time you're you're at a restaurant, you talk to the busboy. Every time you get a haircut, you're talking to the hairdresser. Every time you're anywhere, you should be mentioning that. And if your employees learn that and you teach them that, you got 350 recruiters out there. And, and you're incentivizing it. And incentivizing it. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you get the first 500 after two months, the next 500. I'm like, dude, that's bullshit. You, you, you pay them out, right? You hired them. You interviewed the people. But hopefully your A players, A players attract other A players. So don't make it, don't make their success built on your leadership and your interview skills. If the person sucks that you hired, then look in the mirror. And accountability is the biggest thing is I tell my guys, if you have a great day, look in the mirror, pay yourself on the back. But if you have a bad day, I, I draw three circles, A1 browser service, the customer and you. A lot of guys tend to blame, oh, the dispatcher doesn't like me, or oh, I drive time, or oh, the customer's cheap, or oh, this is a bad neighborhood. They they always want to give themselves credit when they're successful, but they want to point the finger when they're not. And I teach I teach a lot about accountability, but finding the right people is is everything. So, because because I'm as, as I'm kind of like working this over in my own head here, you know, we're we're definitely not at 350 employees, but we're you know we're actively looking to to expand. Um, and obviously you have, and we'll, we'll get into this in a second, but you have a, a crazy lead generation machine when it comes to the garage door side of things. Um, but the recruiting side of things is, is like, sounds like is, is almost your number one focus because that's the only way you can then take those leads and convert them into to money in the bank. Well, let, let's do this. If every one of my employees gets 10 leads, that's 3,500 leads a week. They are my lead generation 
Yeah. They're putting yard signs. They're getting reviews. They're getting on Yelp, which Yelp ranks number one on Google. It all works in tandem with one another. Um, the employees, they'll, they'll bring the work. They'll get referrals. It, it's crazy if you look at it like that. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Go on Indeed. Look up our company. Uh, if you could share the screen, just go ahead and just if you could pull up your computer and just search A1 Garage Door Service and then just type in Indeed. I will. Um, I don't know if, if you could share it on this or not on the StreamYard. I can, yeah. So I want to just show people how important this is. Um, All right. All right, everyone, can you see that there? Yeah, scroll down past the uh, PPC. Okay, where's the Indeed? Did you type just, in Indeed? I'll just search for Indeed here. Yeah, Indeed. So watch watch this. So see how there's 154 reviews? Now, now go ahead and search. Um, you can click on that real quick. So so go to Why Join Us. And scroll down. There's videos. All these are videos. Um, I love exploding. it. So there's tons and tons of videos. There's everything's filled oh, out. Cool. Photos. Now go ahead and search A1 Garage Door Service Glass Door. So there's 130 reviews, 4.9. Everything's filled out about me, about pictures, about why I work here. I'm actually working with a copywriter to make things more enticing. Every time we do pizza or play games, you know, I've got Big Buck Hunter and Golden Tea here. We, we, we go live on Facebook. We have our people share that stuff. This, no one cares. Everybody's like, oh, who cares about, this is the most important thing. Like people look at this and go, damn, that's a good company. Yeah. I spend more time thinking about marketing, my marketing brain. You can quit sharing. I just wanted to show people that. Yeah, yeah no, that's awesome. Put the stuff out there. And, and literally, people spend $25 on a Craigslist ad and say, I don't know why they're not coming. Where are all the great people? Their ads look like crap. They put must work weekends and nights. Must, 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 must. And it's like. They're scaring dude, people away. Oh, I would never want to work for that company. Yeah. And and you spend $25. You know, I spent $257,000 last month on PPC. For for but, hiring, no, no, no. Just that was for new new customers. But my point yeah. is, you spend all this money to get jobs, but you're not really thinking who's taking the phone calls, who's dispatching properly, who's your trainers. I've got three full time recruiters, so I would say put a lot more time and energy into the recruiting side of things. Build the systems. I use a thing called, um, oh man, it's it's a tool that I use for. Uh, for interviewing and I got all these things that popped in my head just now. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a tool that allows people to do an interview on their cell phone and just, it records them for a minute at a time. Uh, I'll get to, I'll think of the name of it by the end of the podcast, but anyways, the time that you spend on how to build a company and how to get great employees, it should be your primary focus from day one is how yeah. am I going to put the talent? I can't it becomes a self feeding machine, right? It, it feeds the beast. It really does. And so so my whole paradigm changed a little over a year ago with COVID and things. 
of just how do you know, I had people come in my office and they said, hey, I'm willing to take a pay deduction to get us through this thing. They didn't know what was going to happen. But, you know, we, we built a company with great people and the people really are everything. And, and people say people process, you know, Marcus Lamone, the profit people process the product. I say process in which you get the people is important. The process dictates all the output. Uh, the people are the most important thing, but the process in which you get them is is really, really important. So, you know, I, I know we talked a lot about recruiting, but it's that important that I think it needs to be discussed because not a lot of people discuss it. No, it's huge. I mean, it's it's probably honestly, it's probably the number one complaint I hear when I talk with contractors. It's, you know, and I've had um, I know last year we did a few episodes around it because everybody was struggling as well. Um, but like, I love the perspective that you bring to, you know, you're selling your company, you're not selling your service um, or, or, you know, you're not scaring people away with, you've got to do this. You got to do this. It's like, this is why, this is what we can do for you. And we'd love to have you come on board. That's, that's such a mindset shift, I think for the industry. Well, plus when you talk about the culture and the environment here and, and, and you're talking on the radio or TV that we're always getting great people. If you could get that message across in a way that gets a ton of applicants and people call their friends or their, you know, their, their cousins or their grandson or whatever it might be. But at the same time, you're going, man, that's a great garage company. When I need something done, I want to go where they treat their employees like that. It must be awesome. So I feel like there's two birds with one stone you could do with your marketing messages that automatically say we're a great company. This is what we do for our employees. We care, but really got to fill that funnel. Sometimes people try to do that. And they don't get any applicants because it really is just a marketing message for new customers. So right. it's got to be crafted the right way. Yeah, because you can sell your company to your customers by selling your company to your employees at the same time. You know, because you're, you're, people love to see that you're taking care of your employees when they're purchasing services from you too. That's, yeah, that's, that's a nugget right there. Yep, that's a huge one. That's a, that's a great nugget. I'm, I'm going to jump up on the comments here. Karen says uh, she loves your Henry Ford approach of surrounding yourself with people of different expertise. Love that. Paul, jump in. Hey, Paul. Two rock stars going at it. Karen says, awesome. Why join us? She, she was liking that uh, that little screen share there. Yeah, and if you're on the podcast alone, uh, jump over to YouTube or um, or Facebook, and you can see, uh, you can jump through what we were sharing on the screen. But well, that's 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 so good, Tommy. That's uh, That's a huge thing. I want to think more people need to do that. Let's um, let's dive into the books behind you. Uh, I, I kind of want to dive into the books slash mindset. Um, okay. Because it, it, everyone's like, you know, mindset's woo woo and all that, but you know, success leaves clues. You've obviously read at least one or two of those books, I would imagine, behind you. I've got I've got a couple of books I want to talk about. I'm so write this book down. Write it down and read this book. The other day, last two weeks ago. I'm in a room with 20 contractors, 300 million, 500 million, 750 million. You know, I'm a hundred million, but I'll be way past these guys uh, soon. Um, Cause I want to, cause I can, I don't know what I'll do with the money, but um, one of the guys was up there. Leland is his name. And uh, he goes, the day that changed my life was the day I read this book. It's called double your profits by Bob Pfeiffer. And it's uh 78 ways to cut costs. Um, the last 20 of them are really on not cutting costs, but it's so good. Um, I read it already and I'm having my whole financial team read it. And I think you could find five to 10 points after you read this book. 
if you actually do the things it says. Um, another book that's a super fast read, Go For No. It's called Go For No. And um, Andrea and Richard are coming on the podcast, and I'm going to have a d- discount for that book because I loved it yeah. so much. Maximum Influence, amazing book. Um, <laughs> let, let's go through this shelf, though. Um, who, so, who writes Maximum Influence? Who wrote? Oh, that book is uh, Kurt Mortison. Actually, it's right here, too. Maximum Influence right here. What I love about it is uh, they just – it teaches you how to influence, but th- there's words that repel people like contract. You say agreement sign here. Instead you say, okay, the paperwork cancellation, right of rescission. So that's a great book. Um, there's some books on here that you have to read uh, how to win friends and influence people. Obviously I got a lot of those. I, give those I, like it. Um, I have so read that one. It's been a few years now. So that's a good book to read every year. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff here for disciplines of uh, execution. I can go through. There, there's not a bad book on here. Rocket Fuel, Gino Wickman and Mark Winters. They were on my podcast. Uh, great people. A lot of Disney books. There's one there called Be My Guest. Uh, Be Our Guest. Uh, Did you Dolph say a lot of Disney books? Yeah, by Walt Disney. Uh, okay. They run their company. Disney is is the best at creating an, an experience. So I, I recommend reading. Here's a great book. Uh, 1,501 ways to reward employees that really don't cost any money. Everybody thinks, oh, I don't have the money to do that. Um, There's the Wealthy Barber Returns, the Wealthy Barbers. This is the Wizard of Ads by, uh, by, uh, what's his name? Roy Williams. Um, Genius. But, yeah, I've got the pumpkin plan up there. You can't teach a a, a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. Uh, that's all about Sandler training. And then I've got another bookshelf over here. But the fact is, uh, these are all the books that just came in in the last week. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So so how how long do you spend every day reading? Um, spend a lot of time on Audible, too. Uh, probably an hour a day. But, but I'm hiring an assistant for my assistant so that I could get back 15 hours a week. Um, my goal is to have their them at every single meeting, to have a plan for every single meeting, keep minutes at every meeting. I don't do any email. I got rid of that. She handles everything. Um, I usually respond to long emails if I'm going to write something long with a video. I'm going to figure out a way to get 15 hours back uh, a week, and that'll all be with reading or learning. Um, so that's the plan in the next month. And, and people are like, why do you need an assistant for your assistant? And I said, I, I literally talked to my GM or my COO and, and, and we were golfing the other day. And I said, I could create an extra hundred thousand dollars a month. And here's how he goes, Holy shit. Cause you've been thinking about this for a while. I said, I know. I said, that's a, that's a, over a million dollars, but more importantly, it's 15 hours for me, which, you know, I've done the math. You know, if I work a 40 hour work week, I make, you know, roughly 6,000 an hour. Um, so why not hire a bunch of people? I'm not bragging by any means. I just, no, didn't no. Brag. and I, you know, and so well, I, and the, the reason I was so excited is is for exactly what we just went through is is looking through your bookshelf. You know, it's it's almost as if we just got to visit you in the office. And so hearing this is it's not bragging. Success leaves clues, people, and, and not everyone is aiming for a billion. But you know, to get to a billion, you've got to line things up in a certain way. Look at this. <laughs> I love it. It's for uh, some affirmations. 
That's awesome, man. I screenshot that when you were on Ken's show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. now it's sitting here. And, uh, um, you know, the other thing is uh, the other day, I, the CFO or, or director of finance, we were going through some things. And our parts cost has gone up because we're selling more doors and service. Service parts are a lot less. So when you know the problems and you learn to prioritize, one big thing. I talk uh, my meetings. I don't talk about what we're going to do. I like to talk about results. And um, I knew I had to drive parts costs down. So I started calling a bunch of manufacturers and I'm looking for oranges instead of apples to apples. I'm looking for something different and building value. And uh, I came up, th this was just sitting on my desk. So this is a bearing in here that we, we pressed in. It's got triple the cycle life of any other bearing. It's called a Z bearing right. and no one else carries these. So I'm trying to do things that are different. I differentiate us. You differentiate by the great employees, by the better parts, by the better trucks, by the better customer service. And uh, yesterday I had a vodka tonic at a restaurant that was $17 for Tito's. And I'm like, holy cow. Like if people think my employees, I explained to them that we are more expensive than other companies, but we're better. We deserve to charge more. Um, and I always tell people, they go, man, you, you, you're expensive. And I say, you know what the difference is? I had 15 garage door companies out here last week. And I said, you know what? I think you're looking out for your clients maybe, but you don't care about your family or your internal customers because your employees don't make anything. You don't give them new trucks. You don't give them new software. You don't give them new iPads. You don't give them PTO. I laugh and I go, I've got to charge this to take care of my people that won't leave and to build a magnet to get great people. And I didn't even make 15% last month. And I, I charge more because we got to take care of our employees. We got to have good things for them. We got to help out on Thanksgiving if there's a single mom that can't afford it. And I think that that goes a lot long way. Um, the, the reason we charge that is so our employees could have a good life. And if they want to go on a honeymoon or a second honeymoon or, or go on a hunting trip or buy a vehicle to get their family around safe, maybe a Subaru. Uh, I think that's super important. And I don't think I'm not stuffing my pockets. I mean, I, I think a good company should make 20%. Um, but if you're going to make it about price, there's a good book called Relevant Selling by Janie Smith. I had her on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. I can tell you this. If you're going to commoditize your business, then that's fine. But I never have to sell on price. We're better. We've got better uh, finance options. We've got more reliability. We build relationships. You see, people will remember the way you made them feel. You've heard this. People remember the way you made them feel long after they remember what the price was. I said last week, a couple of weeks ago, I said, if I was working that Friday, I said this on my morning mojo call. I said, if I ran three jobs today, I'd be invited to two Easter dinners because that's what I do. I spend time and I get to know them and I laugh and we joke and we get to know each other. I mean, I've gone golfing with my clients. I've literally invited them to dinner and vice versa. So, um, I think it's important to build a relationship. I love that. I love that. Can you tell the story of the, uh, you know, kind of segueing off relationships? The the lady that um, I believe there was a, a guy that was meant to be coming out. You ended up um, taking flowers to her house. Yeah, I actually got that. We kind of spoiled the, the punchline there. but Well, we messed up pretty bad on a job and the lady was just pissed off. She was super pissed. This was years and years ago. And um, I don't like unhappy customers. You know, an unhappy customer is more than likely to tell 20 other people. Social media magnifies that. So I showed up with flowers and I said, I'm sorry we wasted your time and your day. 
I brought all the stuff. I'm going to do the work myself. And I turned her into a raving fan. And then the newspaper read, wrote up a story about it. And uh, it's that customer service. It's weird that the customers that are upset, as long as you listen to them, let them vent and offer a solution, they're okay. And we had 10,300 customers last month. So you better believe we, we didn't do everything perfect. It's impossible, especially with that kind of numbers. There's always 1%. And unfortunately, 1% of that 10,000, um, I guess it would be, uh, uh, what is it, 100? Around 100? 1% of uh, 10,000. 10,000 there? 10,300 customers. So I think it's about uh, I believe 130 so. customers. Yeah, it's 100. What is it? 100. Yeah, so it's about 100 clients that that no matter what, there's 1% that are going to be pissed off. Uh, you, you could give them a cake and give it to them for free. They're still going to be pissed. So um, we've got a whole team dedicated to customer service to make sure that we are creating raving fans. I mean, one guy, you know what's so funny? Let me read you just a quick text message. And this well, is. While you're finding that, I, I think it's um, important to point out that you knew those 10,003 customers. Like you are, how often do you go over your KPIs? Uh, we have a big meeting every Friday. We call it the financial quick check where we go over a lot of things and we take a deep dive once a month into every single market. But we go over the numbers every single day. Every single day I've got uh, four, four or five pages sitting on my desk of every major thing from our CSRs to our dispatchers to our technicians to our markets. Um, I know everything. Every single day I review that in my first half an hour in here. So I had a self-gen call with an opportunity from another company of a price of 2800 on a door sale. I walked out this morning with 4500 and a raving fan. The customer... Through, through networking, this is one of my self-generated leads through an employee, called for us to beat a price of $2,800. We walked out with $4,500. Now, you better believe we gave them a way better door with a better warranty, with better service. But if you're going to make it all about price, the customers will make it about price. If you want to make it about timeliness and quality, you know, I, I waited in line. Yesterday, That those drinks, um, my girlfriend got a uh, mimosa, 18 bucks. We had to sit at the bar with our friends because that place was busy. There was no, we didn't set a reservation with five of us. You couldn't get in there. You couldn't get in there. It was the most, I thought that was a lot of money. Although we paid, I didn't, I didn't say I want a discount on the drinks or anything. But my point is I went there for the experience. I went there because it had great food, great drinks, great people, great atmosphere. Um, but if you make it, I could have gone anywhere. I could have gone to a hole in the wall, probably for $4, got the same thing. So just there, there's, my dad always told me there's 4% of the population that buy on price, but overall price is not the most important thing. We've done double blind studies and realized that price comes number 10 when it comes to garage drawers. Did you say 4% buy on price? And of people wow. are purely price buyers, but most of them don't own homes. So I don't, I'm not dealing with those people. Right. Right. That's huge. So, I mean, teeing off of the teeing off of the books, obviously, mindset is huge. What uh, have you always been one to kind of have this clear vision? Because um, I mean, probably something I see people struggle the most with when they're when they're you know they say, "Hey, I want to make a million dollars, for example, or a billion dollars, or whatever it is." You know, I want to I want to buy a Jeep. I want to do this, but they don't take the action to get there. What is you know what's one or two things that are Tommy's secret sauce around mindset and translating that into action and results? Well, the dream has to become a vision. 
and the vision needs to be written down on the right side of a whiteboard. So if it's a monetary goal, write down a billion. That's what I did four years ago. I wrote down a billion dollars on this whiteboard right here. I love it. Maybe not this whiteboard, but it was a whiteboard. And I said, okay, what's my average ticket? 500. Uh, the average guy does about 500 grand a year. So I said, I need 2,000 technicians. So I wrote down 2,000 technicians. Then I said, okay, how do I get 2,000 technicians? How many states am I going to have to be into? How many people do I need to hire? How could I scale up on a scale? How do I scale up to that? Well, what happened was, as I figured out to get to 2,000, I could do it in a little over three years. But I needed to get, so I, I said, this is what has to happen year three, year two, year one. Needs to scale up. This is what needs to happen per month, per week. This is what I need to do tomorrow. I need to write an ad and get a full-time recruiter. I need to do the predictive index test. I need to make my rating on Indeed and, and, and um, Glassdoor really, really good. I need to start making my internal team become recruiters. And all these things I wrote down, what needs to happen now, not next week, not next year, not next quarter, whatever it is, this is what I needed to do. So we, we got to work. And I remember I showed my managers this board and they go, holy shit, you're not kidding. They go, this is real. And now they, they, if I would have told them a billion, they would have said, that's good to dream, Tommy, good job. But I showed them exactly what needed to happen. And they go, holy crap, okay, let's do it. And now they're like, now you can't walk in here. Everybody knows we're going to get to a billion in revenue. They understand it now. And now we're going to be a platform. You know, We're going to start buying companies left and right. And one thing I realized about buying companies, and I love talking about arbitrage, but when you buy a company, it's got to be a win-win. My negotiation is going to be you and your family are going to make out. You guys are going to be part of something so big and so cool and make so much money and so much free time and so many ancillary benefits that I understand that it's going to be to do as many companies as I want to wrap up into one. It'll be the largest thing that ever happened in home service. It'll be the largest roll up in the history of home service. And it's got to be a really, really, really win-win. And um, I bring so is, that, is that how you're getting those 2,000 people is, is by no, 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 no. I'm going to get it to 5.3 billion, but the way I get to a billion is from our recruiting and training, but by buying other companies, I'll get it to 5 billion. Um, and what I'm doing right now is I'm setting up a process with Sam's club through my financing. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to build this model. It's all over the whiteboard. It's everything I'm working on this week. I'm building software and I'll have key performance indicators that I'm going to be able to go to Costco, Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, and I'm going to show them, get rid of your current program. Use mine. It'll bring you more money and happier customers. Those are the two things they want, more money and happy customers. So if I can do that, I believe we can take over the whole damn industry. And there's not going to be anybody out there that doesn't want to uh, use us. See, it, one of the other things is that you got to learn to say no to revenue, too. I say no to commercial all the time. I say no. We got out of Home Depot because there was no margin there. We got out of uh, all the home warranty companies because they want it done for nothing. Um, Amazon, we, we, we launched on Amazon all three times they tried. They want to go. You can't Uber our industry. You just can't. There's there's not enough qualified customers. Thumbtack called me up years ago and they wanted me to come speak to him. They said, we were always out for the little guy. But then they realized the little guy doesn't have any systems. When they go on vacation, nobody's working. Their trucks break down. They want 10 leads this week, zero leads the next week. They don't like answering their phone. They, they hate technology. So we build a company that's evolved around change and technology. We're changing every day. We we love change. So if there's a change coming, people are like, sweet, this could be good for us. 
Whereas you bring change into other companies, they're like, whoa, this is bad. So, you know, obviously I'm passionate. I love this stuff. I breathe it every day. And people go, when is enough enough? And I asked Gary Vanderjeck that question two weeks ago. We were in person. Spoke with like and he, I said, you know, Gary, a lot of people ask me this question. He goes, Tommy, I don't know, man. I'm just, it, I want to see how far I could go. And I, t- I, t- I talked to uh, my mom the other day and I said, she, she was asking me something similar. And I said, mom, if I ran a hundred yard dash and I set a record, I wouldn't stop the next day. I continue to try to better my best. So I say, BYB, better your best all the time. But I'm like, if I felt stressed out and anxiety, I'd probably say, you know, this has been a fun ride and I, I'm ready to live a little bit, but I could do two things. I could live at the same time and I'm just getting started, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. How do you, so, so let, let's pivot back to the change part there. Um, you know, obviously you welcome change. How do you, you, maybe I'm answering it as, a, as we go through here and kind of based on our conversation, but how do you, know what change is good for you guys and what change, you know, does it all come back to, you know, the core plan and whether or not it helps you get there faster? Yeah. I mean, I I have to say no a lot. So the one thing by Gary Keller and essentialism, uh, two really good books, uh, because you got to narrow your focus. And if it doesn't help the bottom line of garage doors, I have opportunities all the time to do other things. Uh, And one, one of my buddies, I used to say I like to have my eggs in a lot of baskets in case one falls. And he goes, Tommy, can you imagine if you put all your eggs in one basket? It would overflow. It would be plentiful. And so now I say, how does this help my core mission and vision? My The vision is to be uh, North America's largest and most trusted company uh, one day right at a time. And we've got our core values. And, and as long as it stays in line with that, I'm getting into epoxy and storage solutions because I could get into the garage a lot cheaper the leads are a third of the cost I and, love that. and it's just it, it, it literally people. And, and I don't, I don't recommend going into another industry until you've really, I'm making it a whole other department. It's literally got its own KPIs. It's not, you, you can't have it just it's really different. Yeah, it's different. And it, but it helps the mission and vision. It helps to the big goal. So um, that's really, does it really help our big goal? And so many people, they take they take the money out of their core business to do other things. Why not put it back into the business and have it multiply? Um, the first few years, it's crucial to reinvest all the money back into the business and multiply. A lot of people go out and they start buying toys and Harleys and second homes. They start b- becoming real estate investors. So all their time and focus and money is pulled out of the thing that's doing it all. And I think that's a big mistake. I call it delayed gratification. I just bought a truck for the first time, a new truck. And I got $13,000 off the sticker price because we buy a lot of Nissans. And it's it's a nice truck, but ultimately I put my money into um, interest-bearing possessions. Real estate's one of them. And um, a lot of my employees, I say, did you buy a snowmobile about all these things? And I said, the only problem I have is enjoy yourself, but you don't, you, you, you guys look, to your wives and, and husbands and say, we deserve this. And then you live in debt and you don't buy a house. And that's a mistake. You do deserve it. So go rent a boat for a weekend, but don't buy one. Don't buy, you know, buy things that are interest bearing that, that actually make you money. And I think that's kind of a secret sauce that I've stuck to. And, and I don't believe in no credit cards. Like um, 
like uh, a lot of people, Dave Ramsey, who we use to, to consult our, our people. I don't, I think credit cards are for 1% of people, but me, I mean, we spent several hundred thousand dollars, probably almost a million on credit cards. We pay it off every month. A million you get those points, right? We don't pay for flights. I fly 30 to 40 flights uh, a month just with A1. We don't pay for flights. I get a nice check every few months with uh, Capital One. I, I got enough Starwood preferred car. I don't have to pay for a hotel for the next five years. I can literally live at a hotel for two years, I think. Um, so you got to be disciplined, though. That's a nugget there with the boat because everybody wants a boat and then it sits there 364 days out of the year and they don't do anything with it and it just is a money sink. That's a, that's a mindset shift for me. I, I love that. Well, you know, there's certain things that make a lot of money. I'm I'm kind of big into crypto and there's a thing called Celsius. You could transfer, transfer the money into this bank called Celsius and the USD coin pays 10.5%. So $4 million that I'm going to put, that'll bring me... Um, uh, eight thousand four hundred dollars a week. That's so all right. Cool thing if you download Celsius. Um, so I'm just gonna go into it real quick. It's called Celsius Wallet. You transfer it from Coinbase, and then you got to go to the authentication. So I got this authenticator, two twelve three fifty seven. I want to show you two twelve three fifty seven. So. You go into it's it's pulling up. So you go to the calculator here, pick USD, which is a stable coin. Then I'll just put in four million. Uh, it's eight thousand forty-two is what it spits out. I don't know if you can see that, but I love it. Yeah. But anyway, the thing about that—that's a lot of freaking money, and it compounds weekly, so it compounds on itself. I mean, it just gets you to the goal. Tom, you're just playing a Monopoly game is what you're doing. Well, yeah, it's like it's having chips in poker. It's like it's like a chess game. It's 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 literally there's a good book called Your Next Five Moves. Um, but it's literally thinking strategically about things. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with all I know is um, I can do options. I know that when I do pick, pick a partner in garage doors, um, I know that I'll be able to uh, do this in 10 other industries. Well, literally, it's just a formula. You go in, you got to build the recruiters and the trainers. You got to have a good orientation. You got to build the culture. You got to understand how buying businesses work. And you got to have good partnerships and a good software to run it all. And if you can get there, I mean, the billions will come. It's, it's so easy now. I just feel like I could do this 20 times over again. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. I don't think the money I'll obviously probably become a philanthropist of some sorts when this all thing shakes out. But um, right now I think I could change a lot of lives too in the process. So it's, it's I mean, a fun you're, you're doing that with every employee that it's in the company from the sounds of things, right? These guys are getting smart, man. I'll tell you, like you, you talk to anyone, one of my the higher up executives, like they know the game, they understand everything. I don't hold anything from them. They know exactly what's in our bank account. They know every credit card bill. I mean, we don't have a lot of secrets. Um, they're going to share the uh, – they understand that we're building it. There's a good book called Built to Sell. They understand that we're, we're going to be bringing on a partner eventually, and they're going to all make out from it. So how do you align a win-win situation? And that's what we've done here. That's huge. 
Wow. Well, this has been this has been huge. Um, we haven't even touched on lead generation, uh, you know, for the for the service. Um, okay. If you want, I mean, if you want to do another fifteen, I'm fine. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I, I'm having a lot of fun, and I know that uh, there's some great nuggets in here. So, um, I mean, the home service millionaire here, you know, get this book. I know. I think you have a, a way to grab it there, and it's on Amazon as well. Um, but let's walk through you know, a little bit about lead generation. Obviously that's the game that I'm in, um, but that's ultimately, you know, what's driving you to to the success that you guys are having, right? Um, whether it be lead generation on the, the employee side, and we kind of touched on a few things there, but when it comes to garage doors, walk us through, you know, if the top five things that, that contractors, home service businesses should be doing. Well, number one is one of the great questions last week was how much is a as a percentage should I be spending on marketing? And I said, zero. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, until you know that marketing is just gas you put in the, in the vehicle. I said, until you really know your KPIs, until you understand them, that I don't believe that you should be putting more into marketing because most people could double their prices and then end up with half the jobs and being way more profitable. So I think you need to know your numbers first. And then I think a healthy, healthy numbers 10% when you know your KPIs. Um, but I'll tell you, the first thing, first and foremost, is develop a brand, have a good logo, have a nice website, have a Google My Business page, um, understand local service ads. Google is God when it comes to lead gen. Um, there, there's, there's certain things you could build demand with, uh, like Facebook, but I, I truly believe that Google, you should be spending most of your time getting ranked, understanding the search terms that give you the maximized dollars. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, though. When we talk about lead gen, if people would just understand, take way more time for training. Training is key one-on-ones. Because if you could get a higher conversion rate or a higher average ticket and the customer is happier, um, it's all a derivative of my marketing dollars. I tell people, look, if I could get to my fourth level of marketing, which I've only done in two cities, is we become so big. But And I know that there's a lot there to unpack, but the, the, the deal is, is you want your other people in the company to, to, to kill it at sales and be very high in conversion rate. And that might sound counterintuitive because you're like, well, they're going to get better jobs or whatever. But if your coworkers in your market do really well, that means – more marketing dollars because it's a percentage of revenue, which means, believe it or not, better clients. Richer, like a lot of people, when we started doing TV and billboards, we started getting calls from four or five million dollar houses with 20 garage doors. There was a customer with 19 garage doors the other day. Wow. And literally, when you think about it, they they don't care about the price. They care about their Mercedes and their Porsche and their Range Rover, and they want their doors to be safe. And the, the better the clientele, you know, when you're working on 19 doors, it's obviously going to be more expensive. It's a bigger ticket. Um, so they're all derivatives of one another. It's very interesting how it all works. But Google first, understand your brand. Make sure your brand is your stickers, your vehicle wrap. A lot of people don't get a vehicle wrap. I think that's the biggest mistake. They're driving billboards. Um, I, I say bookends Monday and Tuesday on TV, only 15-second bookends. Get your message across quick on, on, on the ne major networks. Uh, building affiliates. So partnership marketing is a monster. If people understood, this is what's going to bring me to a billion really, really quick when I've got every painting company, every pest control company, 
um, every epoxy company delivering leads to me, they're going to make a lot of money in the process too. Um, why would you paint an old piece of crap garage door? Why not let us replace it with something good quality? Then you can paint it. But why would you paint it when it's going to need to be replaced in a couple of years? It's a non-insulated 20-year-old door with an old opener. So affiliate marketing is uh, is a secret weapon. Uh, but spend more time on training and recruiting, and all your leads will be better. That's huge. That's huge. Jason's popping in saying, hi, Lewis. Uh, you get leads. Appreciate it, Jason. Um, he's also asking, how's Google guaranteed impact of your business? So LSA is uh, the most affordable. It's way better than PPC. What, what the algorithm's doing right now is it's actually figuring out how fast you answer your phone. It's how much you convert into an appointment. So Google wants to send good companies. That's how I people go to Google. Um, they want you answering your phone very, very fast. Google guarantee for me, I mean, at our size, it definitely affected or affected the bottom line, but ultimately it's just another lead source that's very, very good. Um, I love Google guarantee. Uh, I think that Google guarantee actually works off of your GMB. So if you have two locations in one city, you're going to get more of those Google guaranteed ads. But what you got to sit back and realize is success leaves clues and Google's algorithm is pretty easy to figure out because they show you everything, the results. And there's some tools we use like Moz and, and there's a million of them, Ahrefs. And we, we look at some stuff with the maps. Um, but, but ultimately, our main goal is, is to get as much user-generated content, which, which is from reviews, a lot more videos, a lot more testimonials. And just think about this. How could I make the experience better? Constantly think about easier ways to book the appointment. We've got a thing called Schedule Engine. It works with our capacity board. What can you do above and beyond to make sure that user experience is amazing? Because that's what Google wants. And if you can make it like that, they could actually hear within our voices how much enthusiasm there are, there is. Um, there's bots that do this. It's artificial intelligence. So those calls matter. And they're learning. They're literally learning more about the decision tree and everything they need to know. The scary thing, Gary Vaynerchuk said, what if I told you that uh, Google might be buying home service companies and dishing a lot of the stuff to their own companies? And a lot of people kind of were like, you know, he said, you think billboards work? You think TV works? Maybe it does. He goes, but you're always having to pay the toll booth. What's the toll booth? Google. Because your ad pops up, you got to pay them on the LSA ads, the, go, the guarantee or the PPC. Every once in a while, you might get lucky and get them to click on the GMB or the organic side of things. Um, and, and, you know, I agree to a certain extent. He said I would make 450 videos and I would be doing, I'd be using my billboards on social media would be my billboards. And you can't really argue with the guy. He's a genius. Uh, but the problem that he said was you need to be able to A-B test 450 videos, whereas a billboard, you know, you could, it's hard to track the results of a billboard, but you can look at your your SEO there's a yeah. and really see if it's increasing search volume. But what I found is the more marketing we do, the more billboards, TV, radio, um, that side of it where it's more impression-based, the more better the employees come work for us. They're coming out of the woodwork. Um, they're like, geez, you guys are everywhere. You're growing. I want to work here. Because an employee isn't necessarily going to see you. They're not necessarily going to be searching for garage doors and see you come up, whereas a billboard, it becomes a brand that's that's more than just someone related to garage doors. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Jason also said, if you had three KPIs, what would they be? 
Yeah, you know, there's a lot of them, but but I, I kind of went through them as you got to look at your average ticket conversion rate and your booking rate. And the fourth one is your cost per acquisition. Um, those four really run the company. Uh, those are very, very important. There's a lot of other ones, but those are the ones that if I, I find out my conversion rates going down, conversion rates probably the most important because they called us out. They got a broken garage door. We should be able to convert that. Um, plus, that's how we get stickers. Plus, that's how if they experience and they had a good one, they, they give referrals. Um, but what I do is, is make it super simple. Like, for example, we've got these tap cards. You tap on a phone, it'll store the number in your phone, in your iPhone or your Droid. And the deal is, is you can just be passing out flyers at church and say, hey, because there's tracking involved, I can get 5% to the church and 5% to the guy that does it. And the church makes out by going through us. Same thing for little leagues or sponsoring a, a high school football team. And we sponsor a lot of stuff. So my goal is just have an easy way for them to store it, have a great way to, uh, to show them exactly. Like if you were to say my uncle used you guys and you went through the right portal, I could pull that job up and show you there's complete tracking on this stuff so that I could pay a dividend out all the time. And I consider that a marketing fee, right? It's an affiliate fee. It's a marketing fee. Yeah. That's awesome. Jason, uh, shoot me a message after Jason. I'll, I'll send you this book. Um, he's got a lot of stuff in there as well. It's uh, it's some good stuff there. Well, Tommy, this has been this has been awesome. We we covered a range of topics. I I, I want to do this again tomorrow. Um, we'll we'll definitely have to have you back on the podcast. Um, but uh, I don't I don't really know how to end it. I mean, if there's is there you know a couple nuggets you would say for someone who's you know still still small medium um, and and is looking to to scale but doesn't really know how. Uh, this well, is a great opportunity for you to. To pitch your your stuff too, we haven't touched on that, but I mean, I'll just I'll start off here. You know, you've got the book. Where can people find you and all of that, and then we can do the wrap up. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook quite a bit. Um, the, the the podcast, uh, I love the podcast because I'm a guy literally searching for people to answer my questions. I'm the business owner, so it's not yeah. like <laughs> you know, I I literally ask whatever I want, whatever I'm going through at the time. If I've got a question about training. I might get somebody from Nextjar to come on who's an expert training company for HVAC. And these people, I'm not a direct competitor, so they'll pour their heart and soul into the answers. And it's like it's like counseling for me. It's And I'm literally running a business and getting the answers I need all the time. Um, and I read a lot of books. There's a great podcast I had with, uh, with Adam Coffey. He wrote the Private Equity Playbook, and he really helps me understand – how to build a company with, with a lot of, uh, like I said, we're the platform. So how to add on companies, but if there's one big tip, you know, if, if you get a chance, listen to the podcast, home service expert, buy the book, home service, millionaire.com forward slash free. Um, it's like 10 bucks shipping and handling nine bucks or something. It's, it's the hard copy. Um, hard. I, I literally started Amazon gives a soft copy because they print it themselves. And then the, the one that I do is a hard copy. Um, I got ripped off. You did. Uh, audible I, I read it myself and um i like the audible version the best because i share some stories that i didn't put in the book um but overall there's one big piece of advice is um you want to become a better dad hang around with great dads you want to become a better whatever it might be um you need to go get out of your comfort zone travel to another state and go to a large company that you want to become 
hopefully in the same industry because they don't view you as a competitor you're, and go there with a million questions and literally engulf yourself in the culture and the environment. And you've got to realize what you want to become. You've got to have a target. You've got to write it down. You've got to understand it. You've got to be able to see it and say, I'm going to build that same thing. Um, hire consultants all around you. If you're not good at something, become a master delegator. Give trust. Trust is hard to give. But I, I can't stress enough to get out of your own comfort zone and go visit what success looks like. I've done that 100 times. And every time I take something new and something great out of it. And I'm not going out of town to tell people how great A1 is. I'm literally engulfing myself in their company and taking all the greatest stuff and implementing it in our company. And usually I try to find somebody quite a bit bigger than us, um, which which I'm running out of companies now, but uh, I'm having fun doing it. Cool. And uh, I just think, you know, have goals. And and literally, if you hate your job, then then, then don't be in business or, or find another one. I, I absolutely love what I do. I love what I do on a daily basis. My life is enriched every minute of every day. There's a good song that goes, uh, I'm on vacation because every single day I love my occupation and uh, and that's me. So so get out of your comfort zone and just remember what got you here. Uh, the, 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 the definition of insanity is continue to do the same thing and expecting a different result. And so when you're making mistakes, if you're spending 20 minutes on the phone every day with one of your employees, Build a manual that answers those questions. One spot to answer everything. Build a process around, you should get a daily journal and have goals or a Google calendar and write down when you get interrupted and say, what can I do? What kind of process can I create? To avoid these, these time sucks. 10% of your day is actually getting stuff done and you're actually getting results. The other stuff's filled with a bunch of crap and the stuff that you need to get done that day usually goes on the back burner because you get so distracted with the operational things, you can never work on the business. I know that was a lot to close with, but uh, I guess I, that's what I came yeah. here for. But that's awesome, Tony. That, I mean, that's what I came here for was was to do exactly what you said: is to surround myself with people who are who are on a different level than me. Um, and I, and I know that there's some awesome nuggets for people who are listening. Really, really appreciate your time. Um, and you also ha you also offer consulting as well, don't you? Yeah. So for for it's like $400 a month. You come in, we have a book club. Um, we have about 50 people right now. I'm going to get that to 2000 people, but really I do a one-on-one -on -one with a business each month and talk about how I would kind of get going with it and how to raise it. Uh, we do a lot of, we, we've got a whole backend portal. It's an LMS to learn about financing and ways to save money and ways to hire. And, and really what it's about is really the, the mastermind It's being around a bunch of people uh, all different size businesses. And, uh, you know, I want to build this thing up to a monster. And, and the secret that no one knows, and I'll tell you on this, is uh, I'm looking for opportunities to partner up with some of these guys down the road. The, the ones that want to learn, the ones that are just, that they're actually implementing, they're doers. Because I'm going to have hopefully a, a big chunk of money. And all I need to do is create a training process, a recruiting process, use the same software, and do it again with different industries. Um, so, yeah, I love that stuff. And, and everybody in there is just—it's a good group. It's your—it's your recruiting funnel for down the road. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I—I—I I, I enjoy it too. It's not like I just well, did it for not. that, but but it, it kind of kills a bunch of birds with one stone. So no, but I'm just picking up how your mind works, and that's that's uh, it's really interesting. That's cool. Well, Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think I've, I've said that several times already, um, but you know, this is this has been awesome. I've taken away some nuggets. 
I will put links, uh, shoot me over links that you want included in the podcast description. And then uh, I'll throw those up there, give you guys a little backlink, all that good stuff um, that you like for SEO. But um, this has been fantastic, Tommy. And uh, everyone reach out, follow follow along with the journey that Tommy's you know, on and uh, and make sure you do it before he gets to a billion because then, then the fun's just gonna start. Hey man, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for letting me on. And uh, you know how my brain works with those links, man. It's interesting. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my jam too. So, all right, guys, this is we'll wrap up here. Tommy, if you want to just hang on for two seconds, yeah, I'll end the broadcast right. and we'll we'll wrap up. All right. Okay. Cool. Thank you.